I'm not sure what situation you're under, what you're facing, what stress, what challenge, what change. I just want to remind you that God is good. God is good. Amen. I ask you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Luke chapter 2. And you're going, Jeff, I thought we were done with Christmas. We're just moving on. I'll tell you, Luke chapter 2 is where you're going. If you're grabbing that pew Bible, you can turn to page 1181, 1181. We're going to verse 39. We are technically past the Christmas scriptures, but as I was reading through the Christmas season and leveraging Luke quite a bit, I decided to stay because I felt the Lord was leading me to leading us to walk through the remainder of the book of Luke. Now, I can't tell you that we're going to cover every verse and every word, but I can tell you that I will be seeking diligently each week to determine where the Lord would have us to go. I pray that you would determine or pray diligently that the Lord would show us where to go. And then I pray that you'll spend your time studying Luke as we move forward. And today we're in page 1181, Luke chapter 2. We'll stand and read here in just a minute, picking up in verse 39. Angela and I, like many of you, seem to find places we like to take vacation, and then we return there year after year after year. One of the beautiful things about being part of a family is I get to know many of your favorite places because you go there again and again and again, and you share with us what you do and where you go. Well, we, a number of years ago, I think when I began to step into the ministry, Angela and I like to go to Blue Ridge and We've shared that with many of you, and some others of you have actually frequented Blue Ridge because we talked about it. We also like to go to the beach, and when we return to these places for vacation, before we even get there, don't you, before you even get to where you're going on vacation, because you've been there before, you know where you're going to eat, first thing. You know where you're going to eat, last thing. You know the places you want to visit and the things you want to do, because that's what we do on vacation. Rare is it the person who says, this year I'm going on vacation someplace I've never been before. Now, some of you are that way, and I might be a little jealous of you being able to go and do that. But many of you, we know where we go. That's our vacation spot. You have vacation uh, traditions as well. And many of the places that you have gone, you have shared with us, and we have also gone to those places. And that's a pretty cool thing to be able to share within the family. We think it's pretty cool to return to the same place year after year. In Blue Ridge, we always go to the same church. And we've gotten to know the pastor there. It's First Baptist Church in Blue Ridge. And we've gotten to know there, gotten to know the pastor. And on occasions, he's even asked me to step up and pray and welcome people and encourage people, which is really cool, you know, because that's one of the things of digging into a certain location. And I know your mind is on vacation right now. Many of you, Kenny, you're figuring out where you're going to get those 14 pounds of shrimp that you guys always get as a family and share them and eat them. That's Kenny's told me for years, we go here, we get these shrimp. You're already thinking about your vacation right now, and I need you to come home. I need you to come back. I didn't want to send you there. I just wanted you to begin to think about that for just a little bit. So let's all come back right now. Let's not go on vacation right now. And in order to do that, let's stand and read God's word together. Luke chapter 2, picking up in verse 39. I'm going to read through the rest of the chapter, which is verse 52. Luke chapter 2, picking up in verse 39. 
So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now it was, now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Thank you. You may be seated. Keep your scripture open. If you're a note taker, the back of your call to action is a complete opportunity for you to take notes today. That way you don't have to scribble on the back of a little pink envelope that's right there in front of you. Now, Lottie Moon, those there might be some Lottie Moon envelopes right there in front of you. Let's do two things with Lottie Moon envelopes today. And you can look, it's the white ones, not the pink ones. If you've got one, one, pull it out, use it to take your notes on and take it home with you. Or if you're not going to use that to take notes with you, grab that Lottie Moon envelope, that white envelope, stick it in your pocket. And when you get home today, throw it away. We've been collecting Lottie Moon and the Lottie Moon offering time. And the reason I tell you that is because if not, Kenny or I want to go walk through this sanctuary on Monday. And one of our purposes is to pick up everything that we leave behind. And one of our purposes is going to be to remove those white envelopes. So Kenny, tomorrow, tell me how many white envelopes are left in the church. Because church, I just ask you, take all the white ones. Leave all the pink ones. Take all the white ones with you. Today, we're studying a very unique scripture. This is the only scripture that we are given in all the Gospels that relate to Jesus as a boy. He's been born, and so we're going to come to some great truths and reminders for us. So verse 39 says, after. Now, this is after Jesus had been born, after the 40 days that we spoke about after being taken to the temple to fulfill the custom of the law. And remember last week we discussed Simeon and we discussed Anna. It says, after all of this, verse 39, they returned home. Now, verse 42 tells us that they leave home again, that when Jesus was 12 years old. Verse 40 and 41 give us about all we're ever going to get into the picture of the life of Jesus as a boy. It says that in verse 40, that he grew, that he became strong in the spirit. So I think that means that he grew physically and that he grew spiritually in his understanding. Verse 40 says that the child was filled with wisdom. Now, just a reminder, when it comes to being filled with wisdom, that is not the same as being filled with knowledge. 
Knowledge is when we learn something. Wisdom is when we take what we've learned and put it into daily application or we begin to live that life. And so Jesus began to not only grow physically and grow spiritually, but he began to grow outwardly active in his faith. Verse 40 said that the grace of God was upon this child. And verse 41 says that his parents went every year to Passover in Jerusalem. Now, we need to be very careful when you talk about this scripture that we don't go, everything we talk about, oh, well, that's Jesus. He's the son of God. Of course he was this child. Of course he did this. But we need to understand that theologically speaking, Jesus is the son of God. Yes, we've talked about this. But we also talked a few weeks ago about the importance of the virgin birth because Jesus was all man. And so we need to make sure that we don't miss the truths of God's word by just making him the son of God only. Because if we don't make him all man, if, then he can't be our high priest. He can't be that example. He can't be the one who understands what we go through, what we live through. And that's what scripture says that he was. And so Jesus, when we read about him as a boy, he's not some kind of superlative boy. He's a boy. And that's important for us to understand as we apply these things. Now, I believe that there's a very specific sequence to what verse 40 says about Jesus. And I believe that this sequence is the sequence God desires for us. Now, last week we stood up here, and Darian and Lindsay, I didn't reach out to you to do this, but I'm getting ready to do this, okay? Okay, they just waved at me, they said it's okay. But remember at the end of the service we did parent-child dedication for Layla? And you remember how Layla just kept making eyes at me? You do remember that, right? And people up here could see it that, you know, and that touches my life. But we need to understand that this sequence that happened in Jesus' life. And I wanted to use Layla as an example. Baby dedication. She was born. She was an act of God's will. The reason that we dedicate her, the reason that we, that Darian and Lindsay parent her, the reason that we as a church come alongside of her is she is an active choice of God's will to give life to. Amen? And as such, she is a part of our family. Now that she's born and it's God's will that she be here, her parents have a huge responsibility. And last week, we joined them. We committed to be with them as they walked in this purpose. Now, Layla, she's going to continue to grow. She's going to get bigger and taller, and she'll one day be talking and crawling and walking and running, and it, there ain't the lens, it just won't be that long. You know this, and we will all get to see it. But Layla, because of her parents and the choices they make and because of her church family and the choices we make, hopefully will also grow strong in the spirit. She'll be taught the word of God, taught to pray, taught to be in church, to see her parents as a huge example, no pressure, guys. And hopefully one day we will all rejoice as she walks this aisle to share with her church family the news that she has accepted Jesus as her Savior. Isn't that what we desire? Now, we don't want to rush her to grow up. She's just a little baby making eyes at her pastor right now, and that's okay. But one day, if everything happens, she's going to grow and grow and grow, and learn, and become wise, and accept Jesus. 
and live for him, and we're going to get to see that. Amen? That's a great, great thing to be able to do. And through this growth, she's going to learn plenty. She's going to grow in knowledge. And her goal, and you get to help in this, is to help her grow in wisdom, to practically live out her life for the Lord. And all this happens because of the grace of God that will be upon her. Did you notice those same things that happened in verse 40 to Jesus? That is the recipe of what God desires to do in your children. But can I also tell you that that is the exact same recipe that God desires to see come to pass in your life? Grow. You're going to check. I got that part. Grow spiritually in the word of God. Grow wise. Grow in the grace of God. That's what he desires for each of us. And so while we are talking about Jesus as a boy, do not limit us talking about just a child or just a boy. As parents, yeah, you're going to learn some things here about how you are to grow. And, and as adults, you might learn some things about either how your parents did it well or your parents may not have done it well. But one of the things we need to understand is that what God has for us in his word right now is for us individually where we stand regardless of our age. But let me ask a question parentally. Parents, are you doing a good job? You don't have to answer me. But this scripture helped us see Jesus growing in these things. And we need to understand that this helps us understand that Jesus had good parents. They did good things. Parents, are you doing a good job? Grandparents, I know I am fully invested in helping my son and my daughter-in-law grow in the Lord so that they help Addie grow in the Lord. But I also recognize that I have an opportunity to grow with Addie in the Lord. Church, we're all kids in God's eyes, and he has this recipe for us. So verse 42 says that when Jesus was 12, they went up. Now, I'm going to make an assumption here because I cannot prove any of the things that I'm getting ready to say in the next moment, but I believe it's very reasonable. I believe that when Jesus was 12, we know this is true. I'm not assuming that that his family took him to Jerusalem for the Passover. This is likely the 12th time, at least, that Jesus has traveled with his parents to Jerusalem for the specific purpose of the Passover. And you're going, Jeff, how do you know? Maybe they left him at home. Well, the way I see it, when they all came home, they met as a group, as a company, about everybody that would have been a caretaker for Jesus when he was a little boy was also on the trip with them. And so I believe that Jesus is now making his 12th trip for the Passover. He may not remember the earliest of years, but Jesus was familiar with the Passover, with Jerusalem, and he may have even had his favorite places that he liked to visit while he was there. And you're going, Jeff, how do you know that? I don't. It just seems reasonable. Verse 43, when the days were finished, 
The Passover had come. They had traveled. They had made the journey. They were there. They completed all of the activities of the Passover. And it said it came time for them to return. It's time to go back home. Verse 43 says, our first little signal, but Jesus lingered in Jerusalem. And scripture tells us that his parents didn't know this. Let me just summarize verses 44, 45, and 40. Let me just ask you a question. Have you ever lost your child? We're going to talk about that in just a second, okay? But Passover was a large event. Nearly everyone would have attended from a city and from all these families, and they likely traveled in large groups, and they knew each other. Historian states that it's reasonable that the group Joseph and Mary traveled with may have met at a location just outside of Jerusalem. And they said, okay, after the Passover is over, we will all meet right here at this place. That sounds like what family does, right? We were all going to meet right here. And they met at this place, and they all gathered, and they began their journey home. Joseph may have been walking with the guys, talking about his fantasy football team, and that's what guys do, right? But they were walking with them in, and he probably said, Jesus is with his mama or his grandparents or somebody. And Mary, she's walking with the women. They're doing all their talking, talking about all they found at the shops while they were there during Passover, right? And they're going, Jesus, he's with his daddy, and some of those guys are his friends. And so they walked away, and they kept on going. It was not until the end of the first day. They traveled a full day, and Scripture leads us to believe that as that day was traveling, they were milling through all their family and friends looking for Jesus. And they got all the way to the back, and they're going, oh, no, he's not here. Scripture says that the second day, they returned back to Jerusalem to look for Jesus. So we need to understand this, parentally speaking, You've now been a day away, and you're going, oh, my goodness, where's my child? And now you've got to stop and go back a full day to get back to Jerusalem. Verse 46 says that after three days. Now, I don't know that it's worth conversation, but you could look at this and go, they traveled one day away, they traveled one day back, and then they found him after a day and call that three days. Most likely, the more reasonable understanding of that scripture is, is that they traveled a day away, they traveled a day back, and when they got back, they searched for three days before they found him. So we are somewhere between three days and five days, and I'm not sure that it matters either way because I think we get the picture. But verse 46 says that after these five days, or after these days, they found him. Again, have you ever lost your child? Even for just a small amount of time. How did you feel? Back when our oldest, Caleb, was young, we were playing Hilliard Gardner softball here at the parks behind Dairy Queen. Everybody know, does Hilliard Gardner still play softball? Nobody knows. Okay. But either way, they were playing it then. And so we had played, but we had another game. And so the kids had gone and done, and we had to get them all back together. It wasn't right after that game. And all of a sudden, it came time to get everybody together. And we go, where's Caleb? Now, Angela's got Micah. He's just like two. Caleb's like five. And we're going, where's Caleb? 
And then the fear sets in. And you start looking here, and you start looking there, and you start looking here, and you start looking there. And I don't know if you guys have ever lost your child, but you know what I'm feeling like right now. And, and it happens. And then we get to a panic because there was four fields there at the time, and we went to all the fields and searched all the places and never found Caleb. And we're going, where is this boy? And we panicked, and we talked to the security people, and they literally closed the gate and let nobody in or out while we searched for Caleb. So this has become a big deal. And we're looking, and everybody's panicking. And then I happen to look out through the dugout, through the field, through the center field fence, and I see something sitting on the ground. And I recognize that something as my son. And I run around and run around, and I get there, and he's playing his Game Boy. He's just sitting on the ground, playing his Game Boy, not doing anything wrong, just playing his Game Boy. And his daddy and his mama weren't real happy. But the interesting thing is that when we look back in retrospect, you know what we found out? Caleb was just being Caleb in those moments. Have you ever lost your child? Verse 46 says that they found him, they found him in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. We need to unpack this for a statement because I don't want to blow through this. I've sort of got three different things I want to say about that scripture right there. Way number one is when Joseph and Mary found him in the temple, they found him in the last place they looked. Isn't that where you always find things? You always find things in the last place you look. That's just a statistical fact. Verse 48 says that, tells us that they looked feeling anxious. They were scared because they couldn't find their son. But when they looked and found him in the church, the interesting thing is, is that they were anxious and nervous and scared when they went to find him and they found him in the temple, the last place that they looked. But when they found him, they didn't just rush in and grab him by the ear and let him have it. Right? Because we're given too much information. What I believe they did as parents is they observed. They're going, oh, there he is. And they observed his position in the room. He's in the midst of them. Those he was with. The interaction of listening to them and the interaction of asking questions and the recognition that that interaction he was having with them was astonishing those that he was having the conversation with. And his parents, if they'd have ran in and grabbed him by the ear and pulled him outside of the church and then let him have it, which is what you'll probably do with one of yours one day, because you're going, I'm not going to let him have it in the church, but you wait till we get out in the car. I have no personal experience with that, either as a parent or a child. That's just an assumption I'm making. But they didn't. They waited. They observed. Parents, that's an important thing. Your child is becoming someone. Right? And if we just rush in and grab them by the ear and haul them outside 
and let them have it, we might miss or stunt what they're becoming. Joseph and Mary, based on the scripture that we're given right here, they had to have observed all of this. You can't capture that any other way than by going, hold it, I know he's safe, now watch. Let's just see what happens. Have you ever come upon your children doing things and you didn't want them to let them see you were doing it because you just wanted them to keep doing it? We have. We gave Addie a dollhouse for Christmas. It's got furniture and people in it and all this stuff. And just to sit back on Addie Day this last week and watch her playing pretend with what's in the house, I didn't want it to stop. She didn't need my interaction. I just watched her do that. And I just, I just wanted to share that observation because, see, what they're finding out is that Jesus had grown up. Jesus had grown strong in the spirit. Jesus was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. You see this? And I said I wanted to unpack this in more than one way, so let's unpack it a different way. Verse 47 says that all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. Now, church, I don't want us, again, I want us to be careful that we don't cheapen this or cut this off too quickly and give him, well, it's Jesus, of course, he's going to astonish them. No, he's a 12-year-old boy who's growing in becoming who he is. I believe Jesus' parents had done a good job preparing him, teaching him of God, taking him every year through the processes, the feasts, the celebrations. And I believe God had been faithful in his presence with Jesus and his grace upon him. God will be faithful with you as well, or your children, if they grow strong in the Spirit, are filled with wisdom, and God's grace is allowed to work in them. You can be this person. You're going, which person can I be? You can be this person that when you grow spiritually, grow in wisdom, and the grace of God is upon you, you can be that person that when you're in a position, in a group with some people or a person, and God moves and works in you. Remember last week I stood over here, and I said, God's going to call you to do something this year. And it's probably going to be gospel-related. And you need to be ready to listen to the Spirit and do it. You can be this person. You learn about Jesus. You grow in Him. You trust Him. You live a life for Him. And where God places you, people can become astonished at what they hear. I said earlier, I think it was during the what? You each have a testimony. Amen? Amanda, you have a testimony. God will use it if you will give it to him. And I could call out every single name in here if you know Jesus and say, you have a testimony. Brian? Brian? You have a testimony. And God will use it if you let him. You can be this person. Amen? That God can use to astonish people with the truths that he will teach you and the grace that he will rest upon you. And that's true whether you're a parent raising your children or whether you're a friend or whether you're an employer or an employee, you can make a difference. You can be this person.
if you will be diligent to grow strong in the Spirit, diligent to be filled with wisdom, and diligent to allow the grace of God to work in your life. Then I told you I had a, three ways. Way number three. Verse 46 says, Jesus was in the midst, positionally. See where Jesus is? He's in the middle. Jesus went there on purpose. Because even at the age of 12, Jesus, one of his favorite places to go in Jerusalem was to the temple. Why? That's where he went. And he hung out, and he hung out. But that this word got in the midst of them, just stuck on me just a little bit. Jesus, even at 12, was willing to get involved, to participate. Remember last week I shared the picture and talked about how certain people come out into the light, but other people still linger in the shadows? Jesus said, I am the light. I'm coming in, and I'm stepping right in the middle of all this. And you're going, yeah, but he's Jesus. And I'm going, yeah, but he's called you to be salt and to be light. And sometimes, if we're not careful, when we walk into a situation, we're going to walk and we're going to stand way back at the edge. And all the activities going on there. But it says here that Jesus was in the midst of them. Church, that is a big thing. And at times, I believe that we or our children hesitate to get involved. Maybe because we think we don't know enough. Maybe because we know we have not prepared enough. Maybe because we think it's not our place to step in. Maybe we can say because we're too young. And when I hear us say we're too young, it makes me think about when we're too old and it makes me think about Jeremiah chapter 1 when God calls Jeremiah to be a prophet and to speak before the people. And he tells Jeremiah what's going to happen. And he says in Jeremiah 1, he says, Oh, God, I can't do that. I'm just a kid. God, I can't do that. God, I don't know enough. And I want to read you God's response. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 7 through 9 says this, right after he said, Lord, I can't do this. But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am a youth. For you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, and he goes on and says, now I've given you my words, now you go. God says, I am with you. If you will grow strong in the Spirit, be filled with wisdom and allow the grace of God to lead you, God says, I will be with you. Get into the midst of it. Get involved. Take a hand in the game. Verse 48 goes on and says, they, finally, the parents, they've observed, they've seen, they broke it down all these three ways. And she says, now, it's time for me to go get my boy. They approached Jesus, and they scold him a bit. They said, why have you done this to us? We have been worried. Look at verse 49. 
Jesus said after this, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Jesus says, why'd you look for me? Jesus is not telling them that they should have gone on home and left him as a 12-year-old living in Jerusalem forever. What he's saying is, is that you should have known this was where I was going to be. Remember I told you that you always find what you're looking for in the last place you look? Jesus is saying, hold it, mom, dad. Why did you look here last? You should have looked here first. You could have found me on the afternoon of day two had you just known where I like to be, what I was going to be about doing. And then he goes and asks him another question. Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Again, Jesus is not telling them that they should not have looked for him. He is telling them that they should have known again where he would have been. Did you not know I would be here physically, and did you not know I would be doing this spiritually? Now, note a few things. Jesus knew exactly who he was. My father's business. Jesus knew exactly what he should have been doing. My father's business. John 4, 34, later in Jesus' ministry, Jesus said to them, my food, what drives me, what energizes me, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. John chapter 5, verse 30, Jesus said, I can do of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. John chapter 6, verse 38, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, you're going, Jeff, you just skipped a lot of years in Jesus' life. You're right. We're all the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And it says that he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I want, but what you will. At every age in Jesus' life, he was about his Father's will. I'm 58. I should be about my Father's business. Whatever age you are, you should be about your Father's business. Those children in children's church, they're old enough to be about their father's business. Amen? Parents, do you understand that about your children? The Lord has a purpose for them right where they are at the age that they are to be about his business. That's true for us today. Every age you are, you should be about your father's business. And you're going, but... What about my business? I got plans, places I want to go, things I want to see, things I want to do. It goes on, and look at verse 52 for just a second. It says, and Jesus, no, I'm sorry, look at verse 51. 
And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. That's a very important scripture for us to understand. Jesus understood that 12-year-olds need to respect the authority and live under the rule of their parents. And you're going, Jeff, my 12-year-old's in that room in there. Can, you, can I bring them in here and let you tell them that again? Surrendering our will to a higher authority can be very challenging. But the Bible calls us to align our desires with the will of the Father. Give you another verse, Matthew 7, 21. Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. It's pretty important that we be about the Father's business. I read this quote, love this quote. I started it with Jesus telling us, but Jesus is telling us that profession is it that late already? No. I don't know why that light's flickering, but we're not paying any. I can't even see anything. <laughs> Hang on, the vision. Have you ever had somebody hit you in the eye with a light? It takes just a second. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm babbling until my vision comes back. Now, this quote I saw, profession is not enough. Expression of faith through obedience is the proof of whose you are. You guys catch that? Let me say that again in case you're a note taker and want to write that down or in case you got a, uh, you're an audio learner like I am and you just want to hear it one more time. Profession is not enough. Expression of faith through obedience is the proof of whose you are. It is not enough for you to say, I know Jesus. Jesus himself said, not everybody who says, I know Jesus, really knows Jesus. It's those that express their life through faithful living and obedience to what I say who know me. And that's pretty important. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 says, For to this you were called. To what? To this authority. To this Father's business. To this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. What's the way to begin? Understand your need for a Savior. Grow strong in the Spirit. Be filled with wisdom, living out your life in truth. And allow the grace of God to lead and guide you. Verse 52, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. If you will be about the Father's business all the time, God will be glorified and you will find favor with him. And when you find favor with God, you will have the opportunity to stand before people and find favor with them by sharing about Jesus.
you'll then be like the psalmist David who said in Psalm chapter 40, verse 8, I delight to do your will, O my God. Can you, child of God of every age, can you say that it is your driving desire and passion to do the will of the Father? Jesus was our example, and he showed us, even from a young age, that he was faithful. Now, what are we going to do about it? I think we should all be 12. I don't know. I forgot how old Peter Pan was. Oh, was Peter Pan a certain age? He was just a kid, right? I don't know what age he was. But he said, I'm going to keep being a kid. If you're a kid who's growing, strong in the spirit, in the wisdom of God, and the grace of God is upon you, that's what we need to be. You know, Jesus said, come to me as a child. Now, I understand in this, there's been personal challenge. There's been parental challenge. Hopefully, there's also been gospel challenge. God's good, amen? We're going to keep walking through the book of Luke because this is Jesus teaching us when he was just 12. Just imagine what he's going to teach us as he gets older and his ministry begins very, very soon.